Join the big show Friday from 3 to 6 as Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic will be live in studio to discuss an FDA-approved breakthrough and permanent solution for ED with no pill surgery or needles. DJ and PK, it's time now to talk college football with Riley Jensen, our college football insider. He's on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Get $100 off the redesigned Apple Watch 4 with a new line of service. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Riley, good morning. What's up, guys? Well, we got a bye week here, so we got a little time to ponder the meaning of life, or at least the meaning of college football. And I'm curious, when you watched <laughs> Utah blow Washington State out, did that tell you about more about the Utes and their response to USC, or did that tell you more that Washington State is just not a good team and you still have questions about the Utes? What were you thinking watching that? Well, I, I, think, it's a little, I think it's a little bit of both. I think Washington State's not not quite as good as we thought they were going to be. We thought we thought with the returning starters and the way this new quarterback was playing, they were going to be pretty good. But I think the, the, the heavier response or the, the weightier response is that the Utes played more like we thought that they were going to play. And the defensive backs obviously stepped up and played a great game. I thought I thought the stop by Julian Blackman on the goal line there at about the three-yard line was a huge momentum play. And you know, he's just been a really, really good football player for you know the University of Utah for a number of years, and he's made the transition to safety. And I just, I just think he's a good leader for them. I think he's the type of person that is resilient and can 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 flip that switch from you know the, the group not playing that great defensively against you know Southern Cal, and then coming back and playing well. But I think. If you if you really want to get down to it here, Tyler Huntley has been phenomenal, and I thought that the last game was the game that I've been begging for his whole career. Where, where I've said in the past, I'd really like him to just play more authentic, meaning not trying to prove that he's a passer, not trying to prove that he's a runner, just playing football and doing what comes natural. And I thought it was the most natural game, the most authentic game that I've seen him play. And if he plays like that for the rest of the year, this team is really scary because he can he can run ball, he can he can throw the ball. I mean, he's always had a big arm, he's always been able to do great things. But I think sometimes we've just been a little bit wondering, like, why are you trying to prove that you can pass the ball, or why are you trying to prove that you can run the ball in this situation? And I thought he took what the defense gave him all game long. When they gave him the run lane, he took the run lane, and when they gave him the pass, he took the pass, and it was. It was a really, really complete game for me to watch him play the way that he did. Agree 100%, Riley. Masterful performance. There's no doubt about it. He's playing at an elite level right now. And if he continues that, it may be a loss along the way. You know, while Washington game is going to be difficult, it's always going to be difficult under a Chris Peterson team to go up to Seattle and beat them now. And so we'll see how that plays out. That's a month from now. But I don't expect them to lose any other games. So then my question for you is, what is or what are the reasons for this increased in? effectiveness and how much of it maybe just boils down to the play calling that Ludwig is putting Tyler in a position to succeed and as a senior he's grasping that understanding and then going out and doing it well I I think you have to give a little bit of credit to Huntley in the sense that he's a senior he's got a lot of experience behind him now he understands what it takes to win football games and the way that he's taking care of the football is 
not only is he playing aggressive and doing some good things in the red zone and doing some interesting things, but he's doing what the coaches want, which first and foremost with the coach Kyle Whittingham team is to take care of the football. So I think he understands that. He understands the value of that as a senior. And then I think that you cannot discount the fact that Andy Ludwig has done a great job of getting his eyes in the right place, of allowing him to play a high percentage completion game, whether it's a big game where he's throwing for a whole bunch of yards or whether he's just throwing for a few yards. He's not hurting them in the pass game. In fact, he's helping them because he he completes a high percentage of passes. He doesn't throw interceptions. He can beat you with his feet, and now he's showing that he can throw touchdowns down the field. I think it's a good football team now. Like we said, I don't think Washington State's as good as we thought they were going to be. We want to see him do this against a really high-caliber team, but you know, all, all signs are pointing to the fact that, for me, he's going in the right direction, and this is the type of quarterback play that can win a championship for the University of Utah. Do you think they're getting improved receiver play, or do you think he's making the receivers better? Oh, I think the receivers are, are improved. Uh, the one thing that I've noticed about the receivers is uh, more of a willingness to not just catch the ball, but do something with the ball when they catch it. Um, I also think, this is this is what I think, and, and I, I got to hear a little bit behind the scenes with Troy Taylor. There were not as many fast rules or like hard, fast rules for quarterbacks and wide receivers in the Troy Taylor offense. And in other words, there was a lot of times where it was like, well, just run to the green grass right there and then and then throw the ball to the green grass. And to me as an offensive coordinator, like that, that I don't understand that because you need to give hard rules to guys so that you can say that was right or that was wrong. If you're just saying like, oh, just run to the green grass, run to the area, it, it leaves a lot of ambiguity for both the quarterback and for the wide receivers. And I think because of Andy Ludwig and because of the fact that there's hard, fast rules, no, this is the route that you run against this situation. This is the route that you run against this situation. And if you don't, there's accountability. I think it's giving them more discipline in their routes and it's giving them more freedom to actually make big plays because if you know you're running the right route and you catch the ball, like there's no second guessing. There's no like, oh, was I supposed to be running to the green grass there? And so I think they can play a little bit more free, ironically, because they're more disciplined and there's more hard, fast rules for them to follow. And so I think they've improved their route running. I think they've improved their pass catching. And then what ends up happening is, is now they feel confident about the route they run. Now, once they catch the ball, it's it's about making a play. And so I I think the, the wide receiver play improved. I think the quarterback play has improved. And as a result of this discipline on the offense, it's a little bit different than it's been in the past. We're seeing these guys be able to make some plays after they catch the ball. You're saying that you want to see Tyler Huntley do this against – better programs, the elite level, the higher caliber. But when I look at their schedule, I only put Washington in that category. Right. Which which to me is is, you know, that's the litmus test for him is is like can you can you replicate that kind of performance against the University of Washington? And look, we're talking about the Pac twelve, so when I when I'm being critical of Washington State, it's because they're down a little bit. It's still a really good defense. It's still a really good team. It's not 
I'm not trying to take away from the fact that that was a great performance. I just don't think they're quite as good as we thought they were going to be. And you're right. When you look through the rest of the schedule, Washington is an elite team. That's an elite defense. And if you will, if you want to win a championship, you pretty much have to, you have to beat Washington and you have to beat USC in this conference right now. And and those are the two teams with maybe maybe you can sprinkle an Oregon there. But those are the those are the three teams that you got to feel like you can beat them with great quarterback play. And I think right now the way Tyler Huntley's playing that they can't. And I think that they will be in a ball game against Washington. I know Washington's a good game, but the way Tyler Huntley's playing, the way he doesn't turn over the football, I think I think this is a big opportunity for the Utes to to take advantage of great quarterback play, good defensive play, good solid special teams play, and really make a run this year. I I, I, I scratch my head about the USC game. I don't get it. I don't know. I don't know what happened. Um, it certainly wasn't Tyler Huntley. I, I felt like he played great in that game. Maybe, maybe it shook them a little bit that Moss got hurt, and it took them a little bit to adjust and and figure out what they were going to do. And then it was a little too late in that game. But USC will be a head scratcher to me. But there's always in in the Pac-12. It feels like there's always a head scratcher loss, right? Like. Every team has a loss where you're just like, really? They lost to that team? I didn't see that coming. And so it'll be interesting to see how this all pans out. But you got to feel good if you're a Utah fan right now just watching Tyler Huntley get better and better and better each game. And he is playing really good football right now. Riley Jensen, our college football insider, joining us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. What do you think of BYU now with their quarterback and uh, running back both hurt? Do they have the depth to handle some of the teams left on their schedule? What's your level of expectation for them going forward? Boy, it it feels all of a sudden, you know, you had a USC win, you had a Washington loss that you didn't love. I mean, mostly because they thought it was going to be a little bit more of a competitive game. And then all of a sudden, Toledo comes in and and really just kind of exposes BYU. It's so interesting to, to just think about the USC game versus the Toledo game and, and watch a team that looks undisciplined in ways and, and can't do certain things. And you're just like, wow, this it looks so different than the USC game. And I think... That's got to be the frustration for a BYU fan is the is the up and down of like of BYU right now. The injuries are going to be tough to overcome. I mean, Tyson Williams was a was you just got that feel that that was a legitimate running back that that was somebody that you could hang your hat on and you could run the ball. Um, the injury to to Zach Wilson is a big one. I think I think Jaron Hall is a very capable quarterback. Um, it'll be interesting to see if he's if he's got the savvy in the pocket to understand when to run and when not to run. Um, when he was in high school, um, when I watched him play, if there was a criticism that I had of him, and and this is something that could totally have changed me. He's been on a mission, and I'm excited to see what what will happen. Was he turned high school games into a backyard football game by scrambling around the field because he was the best athlete on the field. And then all the rules were broken and he could hit guys that were like, you know, on double and triple moves because he'd been scrambling around. When you get to college, it's really hard to do that. It's really hard to turn a defense into a backyard football game. 
And so you have to throw the ball on a no-step drop. You have to throw the ball on a three-step drop and throw, and you have to throw it on the three and a hitch. And you have to throw on time. So my criticisms of him in high school will be difficult to overcome if he hasn't learned that lesson. My guess is is that he's been taught that and that he's getting better. We'll have to see how much better when Jaron Hall comes and plays quarterback. But this is going to be a tough haul. I mean, they've got a bye week. Uh, are they playing at South Florida? I think they are yeah. playing at South Florida. So, so you got the two time zones with a decent team that you're playing against. Then you come home, and I don't know if they go to Boise or a home, but then they're at Utah State. Um, those are difficult. Those two games right there are going to be huge for this program and huge for Kalani Sataki. And the pressure, I don't think, is off. I, mean, I feel like the pressure is kind of back on. You've got two injuries. You've got, um, you know, some difficult teams coming up. And I would, I would just say this. Most people would say, well, God, I mean, you're almost got to be a little bit easy on him because they're injured, you know, because these injuries happen. But injuries happen every year to football teams. And if, if you're not able to overcome and if you're not able to beat teams that, that – and, and for lack of a better term, should, you know, BYU fans feel like they should beat their contemporaries of Boise State, South Florida, and Utah State. There's nobody that I know that's a BYU fan who doesn't feel like they should beat Utah State. And although other people may feel different, the, the fan base, you know, the old guard, Tom Homo, those guys feel like those should be wins. And regardless of injury, that's going to be tough to overcome for Kalani if he doesn't win those games. And I'm not saying that he can't win those games, but I think the pressure is on right now. And we're going to see the response of this team uh, over these next three games. And I think the bigger problem than the injury might be that the D-line gives up 230 yards rushing a game. And I think they have the least amount of sacks in the country, or they're, they're way down in the country as far as sacks and quarterback pressures go. So there's, there's other problems on the defense that they've got to fix that I think are going to be really significant if some of those things don't change in the next little while here. So do you think BYU's program is in a bad spot, decent spot, good spot? It feels like to me that they're in a better spot than they were obviously two years ago, and, and it feels like they're trending upwards. But that could that – could, I, I feel like they're teetering. Like, I feel like these – it's crazy that three games could feel like the direction of the program, Right. But I do feel like right now it's teetering on which direction it's going to go. And I love Kalani. I think, I think he's a great coach. I think if you sit down and you talk to him, not only is he fun to talk to, but he's super knowledgeable about the game. I think he's a good recruiter. I think he's good for these kids. But for whatever reason, things have just not come together as fast or as smooth or as easy as maybe everybody thought that it would. How much do you put this on the experience of the quarterbacks? Because I went and looked at Travis Wilson and Huntley's record. I mean, I can run through the numbers for you, but it's night and day between their freshman and sophomore years versus what they've been able to produce their junior and senior years. You were talking about Huntley not turning the ball over. Well, his touchdown-interception ratio has improved every year. Last year they started a senior and then a freshman. Now they're starting a sophomore and a freshman. If they get to six and seven wins, to your point about feeling like the program's getting better, six or seven wins and you're bringing back sophomore and junior quarterbacks, 
You feeling good about that? Is that enough for you? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I certainly feel good about Zach Wilson. It'll be interesting to see what, what Jaron Hall looks like over the next couple of weeks, next three weeks. Um, and I and I do feel like that's trending in the right, you know, in in the right direction. Um, I've I've been surprised because a few years ago they recruited all kinds of defensive linemen that I just thought were just absolute studs. I've been surprised that the defensive line has not been better. That 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 the growth there hasn't taken place. Um, and you're right about quarterbacks. You know, they're going to get better as they get older. I mean, if you if you look at John Beck's career, I mean, when you look at his freshman, sophomore, junior years, like they're 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 just very very average statistics. And then his senior year, he was lights out. He was really 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 good. And I think when you, when you look at that, it does help if you have experience at the quarterback position. And, and Hungley is playing better because he's a senior and. I've heard you guys talk about it before, and I and I and I'm totally bought in on the fact that you know when you have a junior or a senior quarterback with lots of experience under their belt, you have a better chance of winning just because quarterback plays better. But man, uh, I mean, they've been hurting at the running back position for a long time, and they they barely addressed it this year. Um, there's been some some other positions at wide receiver where you're wondering if there's anybody that's like a, a breakaway wide receiver, somebody who can stretch the field vertically, right? I think there's lots of really good receivers there. I'm not sure that there's great, you know, like NFL-type receivers there yet. And so while I feel like the program is going in the right direction, I still think like there's big pieces that they need to, to figure out and be able to put in place for them to be the program that they want to be. But, you know, this is a tough haul, and I think some of the pieces that I'm putting together is because Tom Homo has not renewed his contract. That there's some things that he's saying, like, "Yeah, I understand that, Tony, but right," and that's what he was waiting to see this year. And with a couple of key injuries, a quarterback and a running back, I think, I think this is a tough, tough three-game stretch right now for BYU. All right, Riley, we appreciate the time. Thanks for checking in with us. We'll talk to you again next week. All right, guys. Thanks. You guys are great. DJ PK and Riley Jensen here talking football every week with us on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. So, heard from a couple people about the Cougars. Uh, if you weren't with us, we were talking about what Jay Drew said at the, uh, in the show yesterday about it feels like mediocrity is imminent, looking at the schedule, looking at the injuries, looking at the way the opponents are playing. Are you buying that? Are you feeling that? Are you feeling a little better than that or a little worse than that? We will get to that next. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And now, attention, top of the wire on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Washington Nationals beat the Milwaukee Brewers 4-3. They scored three times in the eighth inning to rally and win the National League wildcard game. Brewers are out. Nationals are on to face the Dodgers in game one of the division series tomorrow night, 6.30 on TBS. Tonight, it's the American League wildcard game. Tampa Bay and Oakland playing in Northern California, 6 o'clock on ESPN. The Angels' mum on multiple reports that they plan to hire Joe Madden as their new manager. During a conference call yesterday, General Manager Billy Epler told reporters we have a hiring process to go through, and he thinks it's premature to say anything contrary to that. 
Top of the Wire brought to you by Zero Res. Nominate someone you love for a free carpet cleaning online at ZeroResSaltLake.com. If you're ready for cleaning your self, schedule today and pay just $33 per room. Minimum supplies. Schedule online at ZeroResSaltLake.com or call 801-288-9376. Big Show. Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Are you ready? You guys ready? Donovan Mitchell on the Big Show. Contrast this year, mixing in some new pieces to last year where you rolled essentially the same team back. How different is it? Things just started from the basics. Certain things we go over this year we really didn't have to last year because obviously guys had to come back from the year before, but I think that also helps the guys who have been here, I think, just going over the basics just so we can gain that familiarity and just have a fresh in our mind. I think it, it helps everyone. What did you think about like the changing landscape in the West? Anything really jump out at you? Um, I think the biggest thing is just focusing on us. You know, obviously new moves are going to be made. In the circle of the NBA, you kind of have a feeling guys are going certain places, but um, we're all focused on ourselves and what we can do. You know, at the end of the day, that's what we can control. I think that's really where our head is at. Turn this up. Catch the Big Show presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Afternoons from 3 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Joint scouting ends Monday from noon to 3 at Sound Sleep Medical, 8941 South, 700 East in Sandy. All right, PK, question of the morning. Is mediocrity imminent for BYU, or are they one you got to look past the numbers and they're on the way to building something? And maybe in the process, the numbers themselves will improve, and it'll be more obvious. Or that's way too positive right now. 855-340-ZONE, Cougar fans. 855-340-ZONE. Give us a call. Use the app. Use the open mic. Send us your take. Tweet at us, at David DJ James. Well, I see no reason why they can't get at least to the eight and fives, eight and fours that they got consistently on their Bronco as an independent. There's a big difference as you look at Bronco from the Mountain West to Bronco as an independent. And I think that speaks for itself. That, And it's not so much that they went independent. I, I, that, that's part of it, and that's a good part of it. But I also think part of it is the fact that Utah goes to the Pac-12. If you're a local kid, if you're a local LDS kid, I don't know how in the world you don't choose Utah. Not necessarily choose Utah. Let me, refer, let me back that up. I don't know how you don't seriously consider Utah. And then many of them, not all, yeah. but many of them choose Utah. Right. As we've seen Chase Hansen do and Britton Covey and going sure. down the line. And I don't blame either of those kids because they were getting in there uh, when it was Pac-12, I think Chase was. We know Britton was when he made his original commitment. And h- how do you say no to that? If you want to stay local, they've got everything you need. If you're a, if you're a Latter-day Saint kid, they've got the church stuff. They've got the church women, the social life, everything that you could possibly want. I really don't see how you seriously don't seriously consider them. It's up to you whether you choose it or not. But certainly you should consider them. And in, they should be considered in droves than before. Definitely. And so I think that's taken a hit. The schedule has gotten tougher from the days of getting 10, 11 wins that Bronco got. But I don't understand why in the world they can't find a way to get eight wins like they did every single season as an independent under Bronco Mendenhall. Let's go to the phones. Tyler, good morning. How you guys doing? Good, good. Tyler. How, How are, are you? you, Tyler? Doing good, thanks. Um, so I think... Um, BYU probably is a little bit more on the mediocre side than, than they are, you know, getting to the greatness. But um, this year, at least, I see you know five wins um, still on the schedule with potential against at least Utah State. Boys, you'll be tough. 
Um, but I'm excited to see Jaron Hall. Um, unfortunate what happened to Zach Wilson, but I think Jaron Hall can be can be solid, and we might have a little quarterback battle on our hands come next spring, hopefully. Um, so like I said, I see, I see five wins left on the schedule, so seven and five is what I'm thinking. Um, still mediocre, but I think it's enough to save Kalani's job. I think we should extend Kalani because there's not – um, there's not very many other options out there. A lot of Cougar fans right now are really hot on Kalani, but Kalani's a great guy, great for the program. Um, hope we extend him and, and hope we, we see a little bit more success. Thanks, guys. All right, there you go. That's one vote, David James Nickeldorf the third. That, my friends, is a hardcore. He is not, Yach. He is not what we call a... Bandwagger. <laughs> Wagoner. Let, let me answer. Come on. Why? It's my quote. You don't get to have all the fun. You want to pile on. If someone's going to have fun on my expense, yeah, it's going to be me. I asked him, if you weren't with us in the 7 o'clock hour, you should be, because at that point... I'm still you saying, groggy. You, you were saying the Washington Nationals fans, because they had moved from Montreal many years ago. I can't even remember when. Uh, it's probably 10 or 15 now. now. It's got to be at least 10. It's probably 15. And that stadium was sold out. It's a playoff game. Everybody loves a winner. And then if you weren't with them through the hard times and you're with them now, you are what is known as a bandwagger. <laughs> exactly. It's actually 15 on the on the dot. On the dot? Yeah. 2004 was their last year in Montreal. On the dot. On the dot. They're bandwaggers. <laughs> So here's a question for you. Is All it right, going to be possible to load up the BYU bandwaggers <laughs> going forward? Sounds better. <laughs> because to Riley's point about the schedule, mm-hmm. and you went through Broncos last year, and Broncos was playing most years after they got it ramped up a little bit, not, not the first year or two, but they were playing three or four Power Five games, three or four of them. And this year, they had four of them right out of the gate. But they're going to go to six Power 5 games. They're going to go to seven Power 5 games. So? You think they're going to be winning eight games against that no. kind of schedule? Okay. Nor do the fans. The problem isn't losing to those teams. The problem is losing to Toledo. The problem is losing to East Carolina. The problem is losing to Northern Illinois. That therein yeah, the is the problem. No, BYU fans are not bandwaggers. There's nothing to be a bandwagger about it now. Why would you be a bandwagger? Tyler and Steve, if he's a BYU fan, these people are hardcore. They're not bandwaggers. I love saying that. Steve, good morning. Hey there. Good morning, guys. Hey, look, so you're right. I am a BYU guy, Cougar Club. I'm attending graduate school at BU now. So listen, it's going to be mediocrity, and here's why. There's one exception to it. If BYU gets into a Power 5 conference, that's going to level things out. And, and here's why. It's very difficult to be Harvard during the week and Alabama on the weekend. And BYU, throw the honor code in there as well, and you've got a real, real steep uphill climb trying to get kids in there that can stay at BYU, that can abide by the honor code, that can, that can, that can do the academic work that's necessary to stay there. You probably saw the BYU was just once again ranked the number one highest value school to go to right now in the country, more than Harvard, more than Princeton, right? So I feel like that's the vision of the people who are in control of BYU, the academic excellence, right, and so much more. It's sports, too, but it's all those other things. I don't think that's going to change. So unless they get in a Power 5 conference, you're not going to be able to get the kind of athletes that you need to win on a consistent basis and to win more than eight games. That's my opinion. I may be wrong. All right. Thanks for the call. Well, I think that there's a couple of things I'd want to say to that 
is that that's why Tom is doing this schedule, and I've spoken to him about it, is that they've had, they got, in order to get people excited about coming to BYU, to get players, to get high-level players, you've got to play a bigger, better schedule. You have no choice. If they were to drop down and play as they did the New Mexicos and UNLVs of the world, what do you got? Because you... All you got is a victory to show for it. At least back then, you had a conference title to show for it. And most of the games were easy, but you did have some tough games, especially right at the end, TCU and Boise. Uh, excuse me, TCU and Utah. Beating those two teams would be an accomplishment, would absolutely be an accomplishment to beat those teams. Well, you didn't have to beat those caliber teams week in and week out. So they've got to go, as you just said, the six or seven, right? And the next two years, the schedule is tougher than this year and last year. Now it seems uh, to paper. lighten up on the other side of that, and it is all on paper. As Riley said, you know, in a conference, because everybody plays each other, the team that's down, so they got one or two wins or whatever, and the team that's up is great and it's going to be mediocre. But independence, where you're just picking and choosing, you Riley could hit— Riley Nelson said Riley that. Nelson said you could hit all teams that are down, you can hit all teams right. that are up. It's, but it's you're really recruiting random. to the names you're playing, whether they actually are good. You're, you recruited to a trip to Tennessee. Right. That's exciting. Everybody knows uh, Peyton Manning and 100,000 folks and Rocky right. Top. Blah, blah. Well, the they weren't checker, any good this year. Checkerboard end zone and all that Who stuff. Who cares? Even better. Yeah. But you're recruiting to that. You get, we're going to go to Tennessee, man. That's awesome. I mean, look at Utah. They're running around. We're going to Florida. We're going to Florida. We're going to Florida. <laughs> they can't pump it up enough, as they should. Well, BYU does that every year, multiple times. And Utah thinks it's such a big deal that they're going to Florida, and they got Florida coming in here, and that they had to drop BYU in order to do it. And realistically, you don't know if Florida's going to be a seven-win team. Irregardless, or, or it 11, doesn't matter. Or an 11-win team. You're still recruiting to, we're going to go play Florida. They thought it was such a big deal that they decided we're not good enough to play BYU that year. That's through their own acknowledgement. Don't get all pissed off at me, you fans. Oh, what? I love you dear, dearly, but you folk, your own people decided, well, BYU can go to Florida any freaking time they want. And so that's what they recruit to. Now, whether they can beat them or not remains to be seen, but that's what they recruit to. So they have to go that way. And I think they got to find a way to make the honor code less black and white. Meaning, hey, all right, buddy, don't do that again. Catholic Matt joins us now. Matt, good morning. What? Okay. I am not a bandwagon fan. No, bandwagon. Oh, well, Van Wagger, Van Wag this, Van Wag that, Van Wag between your legs. I am not a Van Wagger. Here's the thing. I This season feels a little bit like it was when Croton was around, and that's why I don't want Kalani to, to, have a, to be re-signed yet. He's got to finish out this year. He still has another year on his contract. See how he does next year. No, that's probably what they'll do. He's got to beat Utah State and Boise State. He's got to beat Utah. He's got to beat Utah State and Boise State again next year. This, he's 1-10 against these guys. How, how can BYU fans out there, whether it's in the minority or, or the, the lot of them, think that he should be uh, an extension on his contract? <laughs> you got to beat him, bro. And I don't care how you do it. You know, I'm sick of hearing BYU doesn't have the athletes. You know, we got an honor code. Don't have blah, blah, blah. Wah, wah, wah. Guess what, dude? 
You can coach them up. Don't have your freaking players get unsportsmanlike conduct penalties, late hits, penalize on a false start, kill drives. Dude, that's controllable. All right. Yeah. I think Madge just hung up on himself. Well, he dropped, but his point was made. Jumping offside and committing those PI, uh, the, uh, the 15 yard roughing penalties, that, that looks bad. That always looks bad on a coaching staff when that happens. Okay. So, how many, of those, how many of those do you end up having? And how much do they hurt you inside a game? Zero. Don't have any. As Kyle said, I didn't have any penalties on me this week, so that was good. I don't think that losing to Utah is that big of a deal. You don't deal. want to lump that in with the Utah State and Boise I State don't, losses. No. But the record against the Mountain West has to be better. Correct. And the record in Independence is is twenty and twelve against the Mountain West. Losing to Utah sucks, but they've got the upper hand. And they, why shouldn't they have? They've the got upper built-in hand? advantages that you don't have any control over. Yeah, my gosh, they they've got everything that they need to be successful. In fact, they've got. When I look around the Pac-12, they've got far more. Again, I've brought this up a million times. I'm fired up over the Cal win. I turn on Ryan Hatch's station down in Phoenix. The friggin' Cardinals, they're playing Cincinnati this week. A combined 0 and 5 and 1, or 0 and whatever. 0 7 and 1 now. 0 7 and 1. And it's all about that. (laughs) It's all about that. Two teams that are dreaming of mediocrity if they can get hot. The only time they bring on somebody, they bring on Herm Edwards because they're contracted to do it. And And what happens after eight minutes of Herm? Right, bringing back to to who's going to play running back. When we come back, we'll look at the Cardinals' runnings back. When we come back, we'll look at the Cardinals' receivers. They suck. So when you look at advantages inside the Pac-12. Utah's got a ton of them. Washington, Oregon, USC. And then who? Nobody. Stanford has some, but in other areas, Utah's much better than Stanford. UCLA should be better, but they're a mess. Nothing. nothing. They don't have the facilities. Nobody pays attention to them. Buried now behind two NFL teams and USC. And and the Lakers and the Dodgers and on and on. The Sparks, when they have their run. And clearly the upper hand on Oregon State and Cal and Colorado and Arizona as far as built-in advantages. Yeah. They should be doing this. Not necessarily every year. I'm going to allow them to reload. I'm going to ra- I'll give them a 7-5 and five season, a 6-6 six and six season, which they had two years ago. But then reload. Yeah. So BYU's trying to compete with this. Good luck. And then you factor in a few other teams that get LDS kids. It's not that many. It's basically David Shaw decided we're going to tap into the LDS market as much as we possibly can. And, and brilliant move by David Shaw. Hats off to David Shaw. That's a great idea. And, but other than that, it's, there's not really a lot of LDS guys going elsewhere in droves, are there? Uh, no, it's more a guy here, a guy there. I mean, there's a local, there's a Utah kid. Old McMorman. <coughs> there's a, a Utah. E-I-E-I-O. There's a Utah kid or two scattered around the conference. Uh, Tufele had a good game against Utah for USC. Is he uh, Mormon? No, uh, Nakua know? went to. How do you uh, know of my. Tufele is Mormon. I don't. You, well, you just said the Mormon I said, kids. I said there's Utah kids scattered around. Well, big deal. BYU, BYU in their glory days got Utah kids who weren't LDS. And they're still getting yeah. So Utah kids who aren't so LDS. If a kid goes to, to Bingham or Tempio or Guanahuaku. Is, is he LDS? He is. 
Good for him. Yeah. Well, there's the Dalton Schultz kid who went to Stanford. Non. Well, we were already. Yeah, Stanford's already got a. They've a got a pile of, of kids. Yeah. We acknowledge that David Shaw, right. in his brilliance, decided that is a market that I am going to cultivate big time, and good for him. He's right in doing it, and, and you know Oregon gets. But I, I don't know these kids, are are. LDS kids who are interested no, in going on right. missions. No, you know, we, Bronco used to love to point that out. He did that. Kids, Mormon kids who go elsewhere don't go on missions. Mom and dad, <laughs> and that's what he was doing. <laughs> I know it was. You're right. Yeah, and he had examples, and he was right. And if that, and he was, he wasn't talking to the kid. He was talking to mom and dad, and they may want their kid, whether they do or not. Or I, I don't personally care. It makes no difference to me. But I'm just saying that's what he played up in his recruiting pitch and recruiting advantage. You want your kid to go on a mission? Come here. And he would tell them, look at this kid who went there, that kid who went there, blah, 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 blah. And, and that's part of the reason that, that the uh, certain family up at Utah hated his guts. Playing that card. Because mm-hmm. they felt oh, like among uh, others. you were saying uh, yeah. they're heathens there. And if they do go on missions, they come back and they fall away. And that's part of the reason I'm pulling back the curtain a little bit is why there was such bad feeling. Yeah, uh, yeah, b- bad feeling beyond the lighter side. Loathing, uh, extreme hatred, which was very unChristian. <laughs> but I didn't have any problem with it because <laughs> in sports it ain't about Christianity. All right, DJ and PK, it's ninety-seven five and twelve eighty. The Zone. Win tickets Wednesday coming up next. More open phones. Mediocrity feeling imminent at BYU. You okay with that? No, you, no one's okay with that. Judging it on a sliding scale. They, they so poo poo. It still hurts. DJ and PK, it's ninety-seven five and twelve eighty. The Zone. Win, win, win. It's a win ticket Wednesday on the Zone Sports Network. It's a win ticket Wednesday right here. Win. Listen all day for the win ticket Wednesday sounder for your chance to win tickets. What? Who authorized that? To all the biggest concerts, games, and other great events here in the state of Utah. It's a win ticket Wednesday right here. Right here. Right here. Right here. Woo! On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Godsmack's hitting the road this fall with special guest Hailstorm. Your chance to rock with them live is October 9th at USANA Amphitheater. Tickets are on sale now. Purchase your tickets at LiveNation.com. This is your chance to win tickets. Win. It's a win ticket Wednesday. 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 Caller number 12 right now at 855-340-ZONE. Tickets right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. 855-340-ZONE. Call now. Your chance to win tickets. All right, question of the morning. Does mediocrity feel imminent for BYU fans right now? Jay Drew threw that out when we were asking where things were going to go. Denton says, if Jaron All is good as we think, he can be uh, two for three versus Boise, Utah State, San Diego State, four and zero versus everybody else. There's still hope. So Six and one down the stretch gets you to eight and four. 
I'd take it. You get to lose one game to the Mountain West. Yeah. You got to travel to South Florida and win. And you got to beat all the teams you're supposed to beat at home when you got that run with the Liberty UMass and Idaho State. Yeah, I think if you had to pick a loss, what would be the most acceptable? It would be Boise. No. Which one? San Diego. <laughs> and you're going to win seven in a row and then – Or That'd win uh, – sorry, I'm doing my math poorly there. be five in a row. That would be the least painful, sure. You'd rather beat Boise State and Utah State than San yeah, Diego State. Yeah, I thought State. you meant what – but right now – I'm not talking talent-wise. Right. I'm talking about I thought you were first. what would be the one that you can stomach. <laughs> okay, we'll take that one. <laughs> you don't have to hear it. Only you are the only one who root for those guys. Nobody else around here has to deal with that. So you lose that last one <laughs> uh, at the end of the season, and you've already got a victory over Utah State and Boise in your back pocket and SC. <laughs> you'd, you'd take that at any point in the going into the season, wouldn't you? Yeah, eight and four going into the season. Sure. Now the reality is that if you beat Utah State and Boise, you would expect to beat San Diego State I would, too. I would. Yeah. So it ended up being a disappointing loss. Yeah, but it would also be the most palatable. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> from, you don't want to lose from to the, the Aggies standpoint. You don't want to lose to the Aggies and then have Aggies run around. And we beat you three yeah, in a row. They beat you three in a row. They've clearly surpassed you. I mean, you got to go on results. You just can't go on rep. You got to go on results and three in a row. There's not flukes. You've got to overcome that. You can't. You cannot lose to Utah State this year. Come on, three in a row. They they will have beaten you. They're a better program than you if they beat you three in a row. I don't see how you can argue that. There's not much left to say. Scoreboard, scoreboard, and scoreboard. You know, unless you went nine and three somehow and you lost to them three years in a row and they were six and six, seven and five, maybe you got me there. But that wouldn't be the case in this situation. Uh, Denton says everyone said eight and four would be a good year, and it's not like Mm -hmm. Utah State or San Diego State have looked unbeatable. Eight and four is possible. And actually, the same goes for Boise State. What have they done so far? Beat a lousy Florida State team? They only beat Marshall 14-7. The Broncos aren't world beaters either. Uh, I don't think anybody's saying that they're world beaters. I would agree with that. They're a, good, they're a solid program. They're a program that's better than yours. And that is why they got scoreboard over you, too. They, well, yeah, I don't think that's not even debatable, is it? If you're going to go the last uh, what five out of two in this or five and two in this uh, seven game stretch in this contract, they got five years left in that original twelve year deal, which they've now tacked more games onto the end of. Good and seven and two all time. Series. If you go back to the couple games in the Croton era, yeah, that's a long time ago. It is. Uh, so I I I, don't, I can push those aside, but because I think everything's changed. Not much has changed for Boise over the years, but everything has changed for BYU, Utah, and Utah State. Utah State, you got to look since they went in the Mountain West, uh, and obviously for Utah, Pac-12, and BYU Independent. Those are all brand. Those are all significant changes. So what you did prior to those years really doesn't matter as much if you're trying to make a point. It's all from that point, those particular seasons going forward. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We got 855-340-ZONE. We got the phone number. We got the uh, phone lines are open in the next segment. If you want to uh, give us a ring, do it. You can pick up the phone, use the app. Send us your take on the open mic. And if you missed either Riley Nelson or Riley Jensen earlier this morning, you can uh, listen to those podcasts, Stitcher, 
Where else? iTunes. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify. Stitcher, Spotify. Oh, you can come there over to your house and you two can listen to them together. There's a new one called Overcast. People may want to check out. That's available yeah. there as well. And 1280thezone.com. Well, it's, it's not so, it's Overcast right now, but it's clearing. <laughs> Good point. DJ PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.